I'm Jillian Dalberry, your fellow business friend and your host of the Gracefield CEO Podcast. When you tune in with me every other week, you will get practical steps in growing your business gracefully while juggling all the other amazing or challenging things going on in your life. I believe in building deep connections, building your business on strong values, serving our clients really well, and approaching boundaries and conflict in our business with a whole lot of grace. If you are ready to grow your business your way with ease, stick with me, friend. It's time to be a Gracefield CEO. Hey, friends. Welcome back to the Gracefield CEO podcast. Today, I got a little spicy episode for you. (laughs) Spicy for me, I guess. I don't know. I feel like some people might disagree with the things that I say on this episode, but girl has got to say it. We're going to talk about three reasons why you need to trash the virtual assistant job description. And I have a solution for you that I think is going to be perfect as you train and lead your virtual assistant. So let me just start off by saying, I feel like I'm someone with a innovative mind and I find myself wondering if I need to reinvent the wheel because the wheel hasn't been working and everyone's been tolerating it or if I need to humble myself under what is tried and true. I definitely challenge the way that things have been done in the past by nature, and I will tell you that doesn't always result in finding a different solution, but it's always worth exploring other avenues and opportunities that could best serve the way that I do things or the way that you do things. So just because we do things differently than other people doesn't mean our way is less valid or important. We just need to make sure that when we are making decisions about doing things differently, that we can check some boxes to make sure that it's actually worth the time investment to make the change and build a new process. So in this situation and topic, I believe that challenging the way people have always done job descriptions is extremely valid and a worthy conversation. Does that mean that you need to trash all of your job descriptions tomorrow? No, please don't do that. (laughs) But it does mean that you can use them as a starting point to modify them to make more sense for your business structure and culture. One of the things that I have understood about corporate company culture and how they do things, and I've worked in corporate before, so this comes from my experience of working with corporate, but also hearing how how other companies do things as well. There is so much dependence on other people to train the new hire. In addition to that, there's a lot of unknowns when you enter a new job because you either have to wait for the person training you to become available, or there's not a clear path of where you are today to where you need to be. Now, this isn't all-inclusive to corporate, right? Like there's some companies that I feel like do a really good job of communication and setting people up for success. But for every company, corporate company that does do well, I think there's definitely a corporate company that does not. So there's a lot of in-between explanation of what it looks like to be successful in the role. Of course, if you have a supervisor that is good at their job, they are going to communicate that with you and what those things are. But even so, they're still missing that piece that allows the new employee to self-evaluate. If there is not a clear path for someone in their job of what success looks like, then they are still guessing in between meetings or in between evaluations. Now, if you ask me, that's not all that empowering. What I love about online business is that I think we do a lot of things differently that are potentially more supportive of humans being humans. 
Now, I don't think that every corporate company is trash. <laughs> and I don't think that every online business has it set up properly. But online business is on the front lines of innovation and how to better support people by giving them empowerment, autonomy, and more understanding and clarity around what is expected of them. And this allows them to find their best fit quicker and also allows you to find your best fit quicker. So I think there's definitely a place for us to challenge the tradition and intention of job descriptions. But there's also a level of humility that comes with knowing that we very rarely have brand new ideas. Is it possible for us to take a new idea that someone has done before and do it our own way? Absolutely. That is what puts us in business, right? That's what fills us with passion and drive and ambition to get after something. But it's also good to remember that the industry does not start and stop with our ideas. So I want you to hear everything that I'm saying today and put it under the lens of humility and under the lens of your business and make sure that the adjustments you make accordingly are supportive of what you're building while still honoring what others have built as well. I feel like I'm probably going to have some people come at me for this title, (laughs) but I promise you that it's worthy of being said and stated. And I'm going to walk through some reasons why maybe a job description is not the best option for bringing someone on your team and helping them understand what success looks like in their job. Just so that we can paint a picture here. A job description is typically a Word document or a PDF of an explanation of who needs to be in the role. That includes attributes and characteristics and skill sets of the person that you want to hire or that you have hired, any knowledge that you need them to have on an application or tech, as well as the responsibilities that they have in the role. Now that sounds well-rounded and great, but it's actually missing some very key pieces. So that's what I want to go into with you. Oftentimes things just aren't what they seem on the inside as what it seems like on the outside. And I want to use the example of people posting a highlight reel for people to see so we could look at someone's life from Instagram and see that, oh, they got a new car, they just built a house, they their business looks so successful or wow, their family just looks so happy. And ultimately, there's so much under the surface that may not be there. It may not be accurate to what you're seeing. And to some extent, this is similar. If we're really just showing the factual things about who we need in the role and what needs to happen and what knowledge they need to have, I think we're missing some bigger pieces. I think we're missing the pieces that actually keep people around, empower them in their role, provide them with autonomy, help them feel valuable in their role. And so again, that's what I want to go into with you. So we're first going to start off by talking about the three reasons why a job description is maybe lacking in some ways. And maybe it doesn't fully have the all-encompassing, well-rounded view that it seems to have. The first thing that I want to touch on is that it lacks the clarity and structure needed to give someone autonomy. Job descriptions will tell you what your responsibilities are, but what they don't tell you is how you're going to execute them and what that piece looks like. You may be thinking, well, we don't want to give people training materials from the very beginning because we want to onboard them softly and steadily so that they don't get overwhelmed. And honestly, I agree with you on that. However, there is a middle ground between giving them the bare bones information and giving them all the information 
And that is what we want to accomplish. That sweet spot of what to share when someone onboards into a new role and not just the responsibilities, but the requirements for the role and the relationships that they will need to build to make their job successful. In online business, we have smaller teams typically, which means a lot falls on one person and we expect and require people to be a little bit more adaptive to what needs to happen. Like we're all working together collectively to support the mission and everything together. Whereas in bigger companies, you know, maybe you work on one specific thing and that is what your role is. But in online business, again, like we very rarely have one person doing one little thing. So we are Swiss army knives of our generation and online business owners are multi-passionate, multi-skilled. So we need to honor that and other people by making sure that they understand the big picture of why their role matters, not just the black and white responsibilities, but the core reason why the role exists and how they contribute to the big picture. Not only does this provide more clarity, but it also provides more buy-in from your VA. It shows your team how their seemingly smaller role, you don't see me, but I'm using finger quotes here, actually contribute to the bigger picture in the overall mission and impact of the business. Now, the second thing that I feel like job descriptions miss the boat on is they don't include relationships and collaborations that people will need. I touched on this a minute ago, but I want to go into this more because I think there's a big topic here. Team collaboration is something that we all want as business owners, but not always something that we know how to accomplish. We can't force people to work together or to work together well, because there's a difference between working together and working together well. In online business though, we also have it going against us that a lot of us are working on in different time zones in different parts of the country or even different countries. So facilitating collaboration on your team and building relationships is imperative. I have a recent episode on the podcast that I'm going to link in the show notes for you. It's episode 31, how to build a collaborative team culture remotely. If you were wanting to learn more about how to do that, then this episode is definitely for you. So there's a lot of different resources and tools that you could use to build collaboration between your team members. And also in online business, I didn't mention this before, but a lot of us are contractors. So while we have buy-in or while we want our contractors to have buy-in, sometimes there's just a lot of moving pieces and it can feel like you have multiple people on your team that just don't communicate. So it's really important to build these relationships. And part of building those relationships is letting people know who they need to build relationships with. And so that is an important piece that I think that people need to understand. The third thing that I don't think it includes enough of is it doesn't include results, which serve as KPIs for the team member and supports their self-evaluation. This is a big one for me. Not only do the team members joining your team need to know what the overall purpose of their role is, but they need to know the results that you're looking for to prove that they are successful in it. One of my biggest pet peeves in online team building and business is in the virtual assistant industry, we lack the capacity to be clear and upfront with results that we need to see from people that we hire. 
we sometimes just react and hire someone out of turn or hire someone really quickly because we need them yesterday, right? That happens. There's nothing wrong with hiring new people quickly, but we kind of miss the boat in being clear and upfront with what this role actually needs to provide. And I'll just be really transparent with you. That's a leadership issue. If you are lacking the capacity to even take a step back and decide what your business needs this role to be and overall what it needs to provide, then you need to speak to a coach who can help you gain some perspective around that next step. I'm currently working with a couple of women who are hiring a virtual assistant or who already have one, and they don't know how to offload tasks effectively, and ultimately they are just scraping by by giving them things with a big question mark and aren't getting the most out of their outsourcing. That is not a VA problem, that's a CEO problem. And let me be clear, you're not a bad CEO, you're just an overloaded one. And it's possible to get out of that headspace, take a step back, look at the big picture and plan out logically what this role needs to be and then empowering your person in it, empowering the person that you hire in that role. A tricky thing about this too is that people are messy. We all have different working styles. We all have different personalities. And so someone with ADHD, for example, may need an assistant to treat them differently than a client who doesn't have ADHD. And that doesn't mean that the CEO is any less of a CEO. It means that we have to be more clear about what our expectations and needs are. The results that we need to see from the role, the relationship that people need to have in order to execute the role effectively, and the non-negotiable requirements of what it's going to take to be qualified for this role. This is an opportunity for virtual assistants to really serve their CEOs well as well, because we need our virtual assistants to learn things about us as people and learn our preferences. And those elements will go into this next step and the solution that I'm going to provide to you here. Oh yeah, spoiler alert. I have a solution. (laughs) We will get to that soon. But getting us back on track here, it's so important to feel like our virtual assistants understand us. And honestly, I want to turn the tables there too. We need to understand them as well. They are humans with a business and with preferences just like you have. So we have to approach this situation and bringing someone on our team with care. I will tell you guys, you're probably thinking, wow, that's a lot of work, Jillian, (laughs) when I could just go out and find someone on Instagram like tomorrow. And you're totally right. You could find any VA tomorrow. But my concern is that when you do, it's going to feel chaotic. You are going to feel like you're less empowered and like you're tasked with more work because you're now having to figure out what you're even going to give to your VA. You're going to question if the VA you hired is the right fit. And sometimes they are, and sometimes they're not. But ultimately, you don't know the answer to that until you do your work, you take a step back, give yourself permission to be imperfect at this, and start somewhere. And work from the big picture down. Here's what I don't want for you. I don't want you to hire someone that's not a good fit because you feel overwhelmed and someone told you that you need to outsource and hire a VA. I don't want you to chaotically approach your hiring process by either leaning on your virtual assistant for their process only and thinking that's going to cover all the bases for you. I'll tell you when I train virtual assistants and how to build their business, 
I'm going to have them build an excellent onboarding process, but that is not always going to solve your side of the problem. You two are two different pieces of the puzzle, and I wholeheartedly believe that we can piece you together perfectly, but you've got to do the work too. Another thing I don't want for you is I don't want you stressed and overloaded after you hire your first VA or any VA. The whole process of outsourcing and bringing someone in to help you is to maximize your capacity and minimize your stress. I don't want you to not hire your first VA or your next VA because you're either fearful of failing them because you don't feel like you have the capacity to train them or because you've been burned in the past or have heard other people's stories and you're just simply fearful that it's not going to work out. Now, here's what I do want for you. I want you to feel clear about how a VA can serve you in your business. Maximize your effectiveness and amplify the impact that your business already has. I want you to find a virtual assistant that doesn't just support you by checking things off of a list, but shares and removes some of the mental load that you carry in your business right now. I mean, let's be honest, you've probably got about 12 things in your head circling open loops, open tabs, and 12 is a very conservative number. (laughs) I want you to hire a virtual assistant who is excellent, teachable, wicked smart, and better than you. Your virtual assistant should feel like your better half. And lastly, I want you to feel prepared and empowered and energetic around bringing on a new team member. Because I will tell you that a lot of virtual assistants, marketing is around speaking to the overwhelmed pieces of your brain. But ultimately, it's not their responsibility to sort through that for you. So here's my solution. And it starts with a story. I started out as a virtual assistant and was experienced in administrative and support roles. Regardless of how long you have been doing something like that, there will always be a learning curve because when we hire people in our business, our business will operate differently than someone else's, than another one of their clients. And I am seeing that in my DMs. I would say over the last six months, I have spoken to several women who are trying to figure out how to improve, optimize, and streamline elements about working with their virtual assistants. Or they message me because they're looking for someone excellent. Now, lucky for them, I have a membership for virtual assistants that trains them on how to be more proactive and more effective for you. So I have a network of people that I have played matchmaker with. But at the end of the day, the piece that's missing for these business owners is the structure the reflective work that it takes to sort through their own needs and how they operate, and then delegate them effectively, training their virtual assistants efficiently, and ultimately getting themselves to a clearer place to do the work that they were meant to do. I think the coolest part of this is the fact that not only is that goal for the business owner, but that's also the goal for the virtual assistant. We want to work together to support each other in the work that we do. It is a cycle that is supportive and sustainable. It's an opportunity for a business owner to support the virtual assistant and create impact through their business while the virtual assistant helps create impact in the business owner's business. So often we think of these relationships on opposite sides of the fence, probably because we don't have the same skill sets. And typically one finds another when there's a gap between what is and what's needed. But instead, we're actually in the same boat and have some of the same goals. 
I would even venture to say that some of our whys are the same or very complementary to each other. So here is what I would love to see for you. I would love to see you take a step to build a structure that is going to empower your virtual assistant moving forward. I have this structure already built for you. To get the ball rolling, you're going to download my virtual assistant success plan. This success plan takes the common 5R work plan and customizes it to the virtual assistant role so that you can have a very clear plan from this day forward about how your virtual assistant is going to fully serve you in your business. If you're thinking, wait, back up a little bit, what's a 5R work plan? It is a structured way of defining the role of the person you're bringing on your team. I have both seen it in action and see it activate teams and heard about it on the Biz Chicks podcast with Natalie Ekdahl. That is one of the best episodes, by the way. So I'll definitely link that in the show notes. But I want you guys to also do your own research on this because this is a systematic approach to how you coach people in their role. And you can always refer back to it when you need to provide feedback to that person as well. It's a really powerful tool because it clears up the gap of communication between what you hired them for and what you're seeing if they don't fully match up. So I have taken those principles and those elements from the basis of a 5-hour work plan and I've customized it to your virtual assistant. Now, this provides you with a ready-made success plan for your VA that you can just plug and play the elements of their role so that when you do bring them on board, you're able to provide them with very clear expectations of what this needs to look like. And honestly, they are going to love you for it because so much of what a virtual assistant does is they have to find the work. (laughs) Sometimes we put that on them and it's not necessarily their responsibility. Is it great when a VA can come on and say, hey, I think that we could add this to my list because I see a gap here. Absolutely. That's amazing. If a VA does that, hold on to them for dear life. (laughs) But it's not their responsibility. So we need to take this piece very seriously that we are providing them with the right tools to be successful, to meet the expectations that we have. All right, friends, I'm going to link all the goodies that I referenced in this episode in the show notes, and I would love to hear how you're processing this information. Are you like, wow, that is not at all what I wanted to hear, and now I've got a lot of work to do? Or are you excited to take action and download the virtual assistant success plan? You can always email me or DM me on Instagram. I hang out there quite a bit, so you can always find me there. Until then, I hope that you have a great rest of your day and keep in touch. All right, friends, that's it for this episode. I'm so grateful you're here and would love to connect with you. After you subscribe to the show, come hang out with me on Instagram at Jillian Dalberry. See you there.